Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. Hi, everyone. It's Megna here with a special first-person podcast episode for your On Point feed. Today, in the main hour program, we talked about deep fakes and national security. You already know how fake pictures and audio and video can make celebrities say things they didn't really say, or in the other case, make fake news look very real. But what happens when governments start using deep fakes against each other? That's what we talked about in the main hour show. And we have a really potent example of deep fakes and national security. It's the story of what recently happened to Bill Browder. Back in late 2008, Browder was in London, watching helplessly as his friend and lawyer, 37-year-old Sergei Magnitsky, had been arrested and thrown into Moscow's Butyrka prison. I mean, I can't even describe how upsetting it is to have somebody who works for you taken hostage. Because there's not a moment that you can feel happiness or relaxation or anything because you just know that, well, you know, you're, you're in your own bed. He's sleeping on a, like a stone cot. While you're taking a shower, he's not allowed to shower. You know, while you're sitting in a warm room, he's sitting in a room nearly freezing to death. This is Browder telling the story to the independent media company London Real. Up until 2005, Bill Browder had been a hedge fund manager who worked in Moscow and was among the largest private investors in all of Russia. But then his lawyer, Sergei Magnitsky, had found evidence implicating Russian officials in massive corruption schemes and also implicating them in having connections with the Russian mafia. Magnitsky was jailed, held for more than 350 days without trial, and killed. Cause of death? Blunt trauma to the head. When he died, when they killed him, I was, it was so far outside of my own expectations of the worst-case scenario, I, I, I couldn't even process it. It was just so horrible. Well, I, um, I processed it the only way I knew how, which was to say, which was to, to take responsibility to go after the people that killed him. Bill Browder pushed hard. He has constantly advocated for sanctions against Russia. And in 2012, he was instrumental in Congress's passing of the Magnitsky Act, which bars Russian human rights abusers from entering the United States. Browder is also one of Russian President Vladimir Putin's most forceful critics. He is truly one of the most um, cynical, aggressive, evil uh, dictators on the planet. Um, he's a killer. And as a result of being his enemy and as a result of his homicidal tendencies, I've had to adjust my life very profoundly. I'm still here, which is a good thing. Bill Browder has had to protect every aspect of his life. His physical safety, his financial safety, even his digital safety. Browder told us he's always on guard against any way, in real life or online, that Putin might get to him. But he's also still criticizing the Russian regime, and most recently, he's been vocally supporting sanctions against Russia for its attack on Ukraine. So that's why Browder told us that he wasn't surprised to get an email just a couple of weeks ago that seemed to come from the former Ukrainian president, Petro Poroshenko. The email asked if Browder would schedule a call to talk about sanctions. 
And so that seemed like a perfectly appropriate approach. The, um, the Ukrainians are very interested in sanctions against Russia. And so I asked one of my um, team members to um, check it out, make sure it's legit, and then schedule it. I guess in the rush of things that were going on that week, this person didn't actually do anything other than call the number on the email. The person seemed very pleasant and reasonable. The call was scheduled and I joined the call a little bit late. I, I'm, I'm on like 10 minutes after it started because of some transportation issues. And apparently before I joined, there was a, an individual who showed up on the screen saying, I'm the simultaneous translator. I'm gonna be translating for former president Poroshenko. And there's an image of, of Petro Poroshenko as, as I know him to look like. And he starts talking. It was odd because everybody else, as they were talking, you could see them talking and he was talking and there was this weird delay, which I attributed to the simultaneous translation. It was as if you're watching a, some kind of a type of foreign film that was dubbed. And so, you know, the, the person's watching their lips move is not, not, it's not correspondent with the, the words coming out of the mouth. Then it started getting a little odd. The Ukrainians, of course, are you know, under fire, under attack by the Russians. And this fellow who portrayed himself as Petro Poroshenko started to ask the question, don't you think it would be better if we released some of the Russian oligarchs from sanctions if they were to give us a little bit of money? And it just seemed completely odd. And I, I gave the answer which I would give in any public setting. Um, and I said, no, I think it's the oligarchs should be punished to the full extent of the sanctions. And, and then he did something even stranger, which is he said, well, what, what do others think on this call? And that's a very unusual thing. If it's sort of principle to principle, people don't usually ask the principal's aides what they think of the situation. But my, my colleagues then chimed in and said various things. And I, I didn't think that it wasn't Poroshenko. I just thought, what, a, what an unimpressive guy, all these crazy and, and unhelpful ideas he's coming up with. No wonder he's no longer president. That was my first um, reaction. And then it got really weird. And as the call was coming to an end, he said, I'd like to play the Ukrainian national anthem. And will you please put your hands on your heart? <laughs> so, and, and again, we weren't convinced it wasn't Petro Poroshenko. And so we all put our hands on our heart listening to the Ukrainian national anthem. I, I had some reaction that, that maybe this wasn't for real, but, but there he was, you know, this Petro Poroshenko guy. <laughs> Then the final moment uh, that I knew that, that, we, that this was a, a trick was when he put on some rap song and, and in Ukrainian that I don't know what it said and, and asked us to continue putting our hands on our hearts. And that, at that point, it was obvious that we had been tricked into some kind of deep fake. Well, this was done by the Russians. Why would the Russians do this? Well, the Russians have been trying to discredit me for a long time. Uh, in every different possible way. And I think what they were hoping to do is to get me in some type of setting where I would say something differently than I had said publicly. I've been under attack, um, I, de under death threat, under kidnapping threat by the Russians um, since the Magnitsky Act was, was passed in 2012. And so the fact that they've actually penetrated my defenses is, is very worrying. The fact that, that we didn't pick it up is extremely worrying. And thank, thankfully, I mean, in a certain way, this is a very cheap lesson because nobody was hurt, um, nobody was killed, nobody was kidnapped. You know, uh, just, we all just looked a little stupid.
And I'm glad they, they taught me this lesson because since then we've um, dramatically heightened our vigilance and our security. Um, maybe we've just gotten too relaxed, but we aren't anymore. That's Bill Browder, prominent critic of the Russian government. Now, Browder also told us that he and his staff finally confirmed that the call was indeed a deep fake when they did more extensive analysis on the original email that was sent to Browder. They traced it back and found that it came from a domain in Russia that had only been recently created. So, the reality wars. Deep fake technology and national security. Bill Browder's story is part of our longer discussion on how to deal with synthetic media when it comes to governments using it against each other. So listen to that full hour in your On Point podcast feed or at onpointradio.org. And if you have never taken the time to subscribe to the On Point podcast, now's the time to do it. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. This is On Point.